spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here. In the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania Law School and very proud of it. I refuse thus far to refer to the law school by its new name, which is, well, then again, if I say it, I'd be referring to it by its new name. They sold naming rights, and it hurts me. You may remember me telling the story about when it was announced. Uh, I made a spontaneous run to the bookstore on the University of Pennsylvania campus and bought all the remaining Penn Law shirts so that I would have, I guess I should use the word vintage, so that I would have the vintage version of the shirt retro right retro Uh, i'm glad i did that i only wish i had purchased more i'm sure you do and then there was such a hue and cry that they delayed for a year the rollout but the story that i'm about to tell you indeed is on letterhead of okay i'll say it once the university of pennsylvania Carey law school I, i just thought that the law it would be like harvard selling naming rights i mean how would you feel about that cheapened right should I say we would never do such a thing or is it only a matter of time? I think that for the right price, anything anything goes. Yeah, I had hoped not the law school. I just wish, you know, that is my only desire to be able to buy naming rights is just so people would have to say and spell Skornavaki because Car- <laughs> Carrie is one thing. Skornavaki is well, quite another. Well, TC, of course, in my case, all you'd need to do is spell anonymous. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I, did you hear? Did I'm you with hear? Ted Danson. <laughs> <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, so at the Penn Law School, I am a very proud alumnus. I really am. I was so uh, so honored to have been accepted, and I feel a kinship with the university in general, uh, where even this year, do you know that I've been doing additional alumni interviews? And every one of oh, these how kids- are they going? Oh, my God. For the every, undergrad, not For the, the undergrad, okay. right. Interesting. And for every one of them, I, I write up the same report, and I say- Superstar. Yeah. Like, how could you not? I know. Anyway, the Penn Law School is embroiled in a controversy. And I'm surprised only that it has not yet been latched onto by some of the national media, particularly the conservative outlets, because it has to do it has to do with a conservative law professor named Amy Wax. Amy Wax, who has been a guest of mine here, if you were tuned in last Thursday, you heard me retell the story of how two, three years ago, 
when she was last caught up in controversy. She was a guest of mine here on radio, and then she suggested having been lured here under false pretenses, wanted to know, is this a live interview that I'm conducting? She said she'd been misled. Misled in an email. Then you read out loud the email with her on the line, the email via which she'd been invited, which completely threw shade on what she was suggesting. Anyway, uh, I know her only, you know, tangentially. But here's the deal. Ted Ruger also a former guest here of mine on POTUS and on CNN. Ted Ruger is the dean of the law school. So yesterday he released a letter. Dear law school students, faculty, and staff, since at least 2017 and most recently again two weeks ago, Professor Amy Wax has repeatedly made derogatory public statements about the characteristics, attitudes, and abilities of a majority of those who study, teach, and work here. In some of those instances, she has exploited her faculty access to confidential information about students in ostensible support of her inaccurate statements. Well, you know that he wrote every word of this with deliberation, right? Her conduct has generated multiple complaints from members of our community, citing the impact of pervasive and recurring vitriol and promotion of white supremacy as cumulative and increasing. The complaints assert that it is possible for students to take classes from her, that it is impossible, pardon me, the complaints assert that it is impossible for students to take classes from her without a reasonable belief that they are being treated with discriminatory animus. That's the crux uh, of what Ted Ruger is saying about law professor Amy Wax. These complaints clearly call for a process that can fairly consider claims, for example, that her conduct is having an adverse and discernible impact on her teaching and classroom activities. Taking her public behavior, prior complaints, and more recent complaints together, I have decided it is my responsibility as Dean to initiate the university procedure governing sanctions taken against a faculty member. And then there's more to it. Now, embedded in the letter, when he refers to the university procedure, that then takes me to a university handbook spelling out the procedure governing sanctions taken against members of the faculty. In this same document, I also found discussion about the tenure system at the University of Pennsylvania because it comes with certain privileges that will apply to Amy Wax. You're wondering, what'd she do? What did she do that has caused the dean of an Ivy League law school to say, we are taking these actions against a tenured professor? And, you know, he has to know it's a powder keg when you take on someone who gets a lot of attention uh, and has tenure And in this political climate being so highly charged, this is going, as I say, to become a a national talker from the Philadelphia Inquirer today. uh, They summarize what I just described for you about Dean Ruger having sent out this missive. Um, Then they give a, a bit of background about her. The 68 year old tenured professor who has worked at Penn for two decades, has repeatedly enraged students with her comments, first calling into question the academic ability of black students and most recently saying that the country would be better off with fewer Asians and less Asian immigration. Penn has condemned her statements and in 2018 removed her from teaching mandatory courses but has cited academic freedom in declining to fire her. 
Further along in the story, the case promises to raise lots of discussion inside and outside of Penn, even before the law school released its announcement, the Academic Freedom Alliance issued a statement to Penn President Amy Gutman urging Penn not to discipline Wax. The alliance defines itself as a coalition of faculty from across the country and across the ideological spectrum who are committed to upholding the principles of academic freedom and professorial free speech. And here's what that group, the AFA, said about Amy Wax. Regardless of what one thinks about Professor Wax's personal political views, the only appropriate action that the University of Pennsylvania should take in this situation is to publicly reaffirm the free speech rights of the members of its faculty. This is Keith Whittington, the chair of the AFA's academic committee. It is quite clear that her public comments as a private individual on matters of public concern cannot be understood to constitute a flagrant disregard of the standards, rules, or mission of the university or the customs of scholarly communities. So therein lies the question. Did Amy Wax's behavior constitute flagrant disregard of the standards, rules, or mission of the University of Pennsylvania? Let me try and speak in more detail based on the news accounts of of what exactly she has said or done. In 2017, she authored an op-ed in which she said all cultures are not equal, or at least they are not equal in preparing people to be productive in an advanced economy. Then she said during an interview that she didn't think she'd ever seen a black student graduate in the top quarter of the class at Penn Law and rarely, rarely in the top half That was a claim that Ted Ruger later refuted. By the way, that was the context in which she was a guest of mine. And the question that set her off actually set her into silence was when I asked her whether she had violated any university policy regarding grade confidentiality. Because certainly the black students know who they are and so too the white students know who the black students are. So when she said that she had, she didn't think she'd ever seen a black student graduate in the top quarter of the class at Penn Law. If I'm an African-American student at Penn Law, what has she just told my classmates about me, right? And when I asked her that, that's when all of a sudden stone-cold silence on the phone, and she said, are you recording this? Are we live? Well, like, yeah, of course. What did you expect? In 2019, she was criticized again after commenting during a conference about immigration. Then last month, during a podcast with Brown University economist Glenn Lowry, she said immigration policies should be geared toward cultural compatibility and called the influx of Asian elites problematic. We have to distinguish mass immigration, which we're getting from the Hispanic right, south of the border, which I think poses different questions and challenges from uh, the Asian elites that we're getting. Now, that doesn't mean that that this influx of Asian elites is unproblematic. I actually think it's problematic. I don't think it's problematic because of dysfunction or underclass behavior, because we're not seeing that. Uh, Although if we had mass migration from those countries, I think that would be a different matter. I think it's because there is this, um, let's call it danger of 
the dominance of an Asian elite in this country. And what does that mean? What is that going to mean uh, to change the culture? And that's not a popular idea to say that. Like, why Why would you ever say anything? Well, what's the like danger? What, what, what would be wrong with having a lot of uh, Chinese or uh, of Indian or uh, Korean engineers, physicians, uh, computer scientists, uh, and uh, whatnot running around here, creating value, uh, enlivening the society. I mean, I don't see how we lose from that. How do we lose from that? Does the spirit of liberty beat in their breast? Wow, there it is. Does the spirit of liberty beat in their breast? I'm actually taking notes on my computer because I want to remember exactly what she said. She later wrote on Lowry's site that as long as most Asians support Democrats and help to advance their positions, I think the United States is better off with fewer Asians and less Asian immigration. So that's the deal. She, she's been removed from teaching mandatory courses so that you don't, you're not forced as a Penn Law student to cross paths with her. She is currently teaching two small elective courses. One other thing, I, I go to the... Um, University of Pennsylvania, what is the proper name for this? Whatever the the faculty handbook proper title might be, that's what I'm reading from. Uh, section 2C, tenure system of the university. So you, you get it, right? I mean, there's, there is her clearly bad behavior. But she's a tenured faculty member. So does she have a speech right to offer those views? Let me just read a paragraph or two. The protection of the academic freedom of individual teachers and scholars is the instrument by which society at large is protected from the hindrances to the search of search for knowledge and from limits on the dissemination of knowledge. The statutes of the university hold that a system of tenure for faculty members is the preeminent means of fostering and protecting academic freedom of the faculty in teaching and in scholarly inquiry. Just one more paragraph. The tenure system consists of rules and procedures that establish an essentially self-regulated body of scholars enjoying the continuity of existence and economic security within which academic freedom is both fostered and protected. The protections of academic freedom are extended to all members of the faculty during their terms of appointment. The rights and privileges embodied in the tenure system are extended to all members of the standing faculty during their terms of appointment, yada, yada, yada. That's what's at issue here. She's been provided tenure. She's been provided the, oh, and, and one other thing. A faculty member who has received tenure has a continuous appointment that extends to retirement unless terminated sooner by resignation, death, or by action of the trustees under the provisions for removal for just cause or by reason of financial exigency. So when I then, I know, I'm like flipping all between these things. When I then go to procedure governing sanctions taken against members of the faculty, I get this paragraph, major infraction of university behavior standards. An action, the discussion begins by saying the imposition of a sanction on a faculty member at the University of Pennsylvania is a rare event. However, when situations that might lead to such an action arise, they must be handled fairly and expeditiously. Anyway, here's the point. The point is it's complicated. The point is it's complicated. You, you, have, you have a faculty member who has said what I've just allowed you to hear and, and describe. Uh, Penn, 
the law school clearly doesn't want her there. They think that she's a blemish on the university. She says, hey, I've got academic freedom, a group that argues on behalf of similarly situated members of academia has already come to her defense. And Ted Ruger, who I know and know to be a very bright guy, obviously has made a calculus here that this can't go any further and that at at risk of litigating this in public, I say sort of figuratively, he's got to take her on. And whether they will be able to get rid of Amy Wax remains to be seen. And I'm particularly curious to know whether she becomes a darling in this this quote-unquote cancel culture environment. Is she now adopted by conservative media outlets and personalities, or, or is she just too toxic even for them? Now, that would have been a good survey question, but it just would have been too complicated for me to summarize. But keep your eye on it. I know it's a busy news day. President's First press conference in a long time tomorrow, the anniversary of the Biden administration, COVID raging, Donald Trump potentially facing indictment. That is today's survey question. Um, But I'm very curious to know whether Amy Wax receives the red carpet in this political environment from conservative outlets or do they decide, forget it, it's just not worth it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.